treat to be here, and uh, I appreciate the invitation very much, and I'm looking to forward some discussion, and I guess after the program, after the formal program here with uh, some of the students in the honors class as well. Uh, let me say a little bit about sort of where what I will present fits in. Uh, this is part of a, an ongoing and somewhat long-term project to try to understand better the political orientations of uh, ordinary men and women in the, in, in the Arab world. Uh, for a long time, we haven't really had very much good public opinion data from this part of the world. <coughs> and, uh, and we've had some, but uh, to some extent, an awful lot of characterizations are based on anecdotes or sometimes stereotypes and misconceptions. Uh, about the Arab street, and this is what people think. Uh, so it's, uh, it's important to, uh, to try to approach this more systematically, and also to be able to relate uh, developments in, uh, in the Arab Middle East to, uh, to developments elsewhere and have a genuine comparative, uh, comparative perspective. And fortunately, in the last uh, 10 years or so, especially most recently, uh, we're beginning to get better data sets. Uh, I have data, I've been using partly the World Value Survey, which has now been done in five Arab countries. Uh, I worked with an Algerian team to direct the, the, the survey in, Mor in, in Algeria. It's also been done in uh, Morocco and Egypt and Jordan, and most recently in Saudi Arabia. I'm, I'm not talking about the Saudi data today. A uh, place that I think probably has the best public opinion data, at least within the context of my experience, uh, in the Arab world is Palestine, West Bank and Gaza might speculate about what the reason for that is, but there are uh, a number of very good, two in particular, but also some several others, uh, very good public opinion uh, research centers that have been doing work for a number of years. Uh, I have quite a number of Palestinian data sets as well. I have some data from Kuwait. We have good data from Turkey. So I have bits and pieces, and the closer we get to the present, I think the, the, the better the data sets are. <coughs> and I'm in the process of, uh, of, of, of trying to integrate as much as I can from these various data sets. Uh, on the one hand, focusing, especially this is what I'll talk about today, uh, on political attitudes, attitudes towards governance and democracy and religion and, and political Islam. And on the other hand, uh, a series of other things. I won't probably talk about this very much, but if we get a chance and questions and people want to go into it, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work on public opinion uh, relating to the Arab-Israeli conflict. Published a number of pieces on this recently. I'm um, doing some work on uh, political attitudes toward violence and attitudes toward the U.S. This is pretty much uh, in progress right now. Some work on issues of gender and gender equality. So there are a number of different things that I'm looking at. And uh, eventually I hope to pull all these pieces together and provide maybe more coherence and integration than I'll probably be able uh, to do today. We're also trying to get funds, as you may know, if you know anything about the Global Barometer Project, you know, that exists in Eastern Europe and Latin America and Africa and uh, now in Asia, East Asia as well. We're trying to get an, uh, an Arab barometer project started. I have a number of proposals pending. I don't know where this will go. But all of this is part of a, a kind of ongoing effort uh, that does involve a number of other people as well, of course, to, uh, to kind of get a better and more accurate sense of what ordinary men and women think about a, a whole wide range uh, of important issues. Uh, one last thing is that there's a, a kind of training capacity building, institution building uh, uh, prospect to this. 
We've had uh, we've got a number of relationships with research centers and universities and scholars in uh, in the Arab world to do some training. A small group of us will have just come back from uh, Bahrain, where we're over the winter break. We'll probably be going to the Emirates uh, fairly soon. We did a training program in Oman last year. We brought Algerians, Tunisians, and, and Moroccans to Michigan for a training program summer before last and had a follow-up conference in, in Morocco uh, this fall. And this is about uh, partly building networks with people and giving them access to some of the, the data resources and some of the specialized training that's available here. And some of it is about uh, simply giving people uh, advanced training. Many of them are, some of them are fairly early in their, in their preparation and some are quite advanced. But uh, to offer them opportunities to go a little further, same kind of thing that, uh, that we all do for ourselves and, and, and for our students. Uh, project that guides most of what I'll be talking about today, I'm kind of sending out some notions about other things I'm working on if, if you want to talk about them, uh, is uh, an NSF project that I am, uh, well, I've got some of the data from, from this project already and some I'm still, uh, uh, still in the process of collecting the data. But it's about issues of governance and it asks, uh, it, it, it explores the relationship between the following things. First of all, what do people think about democracy? How important is democracy to, uh, to people's agenda? Second of all, uh, what other kinds of political system models or regime types might be appealing to them? And how do they sort out the relationship between them? In particular, what's the importance of political Islam in this equation? Uh, that can mean different things to different people, as in fact can democracy. But the idea that somehow uh, the political system should be guided by or proceed with reference to uh, Islam in some institutional or, or, or legal sense. And to what extent are these in competition with one another and to what extent do they reinforce uh, so that people can maybe want democracy with Islam or democracy without Islam or Islam without democracy or perhaps neither of the two in which case they're probably guided by some sort of a, a Nasrist model or a strong leader model. So how do people sort out these different, uh, these different models of government in terms of what they think is most appropriate for their country? And, uh, and finally, where do, where do democratic and political values fit in? What about uh, notions of tolerance and pluralism and the kinds of things that are associated not with institutional structures and processes and arrangements, but with, um, with simply the, the ordinary, the, the values that, that, that the literature tells us people should have uh, for democracies to succeed. So sorting out uh, the relationship among these things is, is, is the essence of the, pro of, the, of the project and trying to determine what shapes people's attitudes towards different combinations of views on these various dimensions in general and the role of Islam and religious orientations uh, in particular. As I said, there are other things that I'm looking at as well, but uh, this is the, this guides most of what I'm going to present. I've got a number of slides to, to kind of show you where I am with some of this, and uh, this will be the basis, I hope, for, uh, for some questions and some discussions. With respect to uh, Islam, let me, let me just say that in virtually all of the data sets, two important dimensions emerge, and they are uh, almost always statistically independent of one another. These aren't the only relevant dimensions, but these are the two that come through most clearly. One is, uh, might be called piety or religiosity. It has to do with your personal relationship with, 
with religion, the degree to which you are involved in religious activities or you're more observant or your beliefs are stronger, at least as you express them uh, in an interview situation. And the other has to do with political Islam. And if we put all of the items, and some of the surveys have, have quite a large number of items pertaining to religion, some have a, a, a smaller number, but if you put all of them in a factor analysis, you almost always get these two dimensions. Uh, with items that, have, uh, that pertain to personal religiosity loading on one factor and those that have to do with the relationship between religion and, pol and political life loading on another factor. So this comes through very clearly. There are some other dimensions that I hope to look at in the data I'm collecting now but that I'm not prepared to talk about today. Uh, something that I think may be important is the, the kind of interpretation people have, whether it's a more liberal, uh, an, an open interpretation, or a more literal and uh, closed interpretation. So we're asking some questions on the surveys we're doing now, even though they don't have that. So I'm not pretending to say that uh, we're asking all of the relevant questions about Islam. And also I should say that uh, in terms of sort of concluding this introduction, that in looking at the relationship between Islam and democracy, I'm really looking at the individual level of analysis. There are a lot of other areas in which uh, it's important to ask questions that we may or may not want to discuss them. Uh, what about theology? Which interpretation, which, which Quranic verses are important? And which interpretations are the proper interpretations? Uh, people, uh, scholars of Islamic thought uh, argue about this. What about political movements? Are Islamist political movements by, virtue, by, by their very character anti-democratic or not? Should they be permitted to participate in the political system or not? Uh, Algeria made one choice and then later regretted that choice, for better or worse. We can talk about the Algerian case. But these, these are important questions that, that emerge when one talks about the relationship between Islam and democracy. And we may want to get into them a little bit, but they're not the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to deal with. I'm really asking the question, to the extent that a person uh, has particular kinds of attitudes or behavior patterns or orientations with respect to religion, to what extent, if any, does that influence his or her thinking about issues of governance? Uh, to what extent does it shape their, their, their political orientation, their, their political culture? Uh, and finally, uh, I'm interested uh, eventually in trying to map some of the relationships that, I'm, that I hope to discover over space and, and to the extent I can over time as well. To what extent uh, do the same patterns seem to apply pretty consistently? To what extent do they imply, apply in some places but not others? And to the extent that that's the case, what are the characteristics of the places where one pattern is observed? What are the characteristics of places where a different pattern is observed? Um, so a, a kind of comparative perspective in, in that respect as well. Uh, well, here's the, the first of the graphs. and. Um, Let me, let me kind of maybe summarize the findings in case I don't get time to go through all the graphs, sort of what, what I think it basically uh, adds up to. Uh, one, as this graph shows, and I'll, I'll explain it in a little bit more detail in just a second, uh, there is broad support. Raise it higher. Uh, that, how's that? Okay, good. Uh, one is there, there's, there's broad support for democracy. People say in response to uh, different kinds of questions, in overwhelming numbers, that they favor a democratic political system. In fact, that's, that's what this shows. The first line is whether you strongly agree that democracy is the best form of government, and the second one is whether you either strongly agree or at least agree. The question in which you ask, do you 
And there are a number of different questions. Uh, I picked out uh, this one uh, because it seems to be the best indicator uh, of the common, the common factors a whole series of questions uh, indicate. But uh, it shows that uh, well over 80% everywhere at least agree. This is uh, Egypt, Morocco, Jordan, and Algeria. And mostly I'll be using these data. I have some Palestinian data now that I'll be, be presenting, but mostly these data. Uh, it shows that uh, uh, solid majorities agree, uh, agree strongly. And for the most part, uh, 85 or more percent uh, at least agree, if not agree strongly. There are some questions that's legitimate to ask that I hope to be able to say more about uh, by the time my project is done. What do people have in mind when they say they support democracy? What is their conception of democracy? What do they really understand by it? To some extent, it's kind of hard to say you're against it. I mean, we're not going to say I'm against freedom, I'm against uh, welfare. So to some extent, maybe there's a response here that is uh, uh, a little bit uh, vague in people's conception. Uh, and we don't always, especially in the World Value Survey, which is where these data come from, I don't think we have all of the questions that we might want to begin to get a better sense of, of exactly what people want. I think we can move somewhat in that direction, and I'll try to do that before the end of my talk. But, uh, but even allowing for this, uh, uh, this, this, this kind of vagueness, it's clear that democracy represents something that people want, and it's at least the idea that people want their government to be accountable, that uh, regardless of the process, regardless of this or that, the idea that uh, somehow the government should be doing more for them, and if the government isn't in their judgment, they should have some way uh, to hold it accountable or to influence what it, what it does. So uh, one broad conclusion is there is uh, uh, broad support for democracy. Another conclusion, both in this graph and, and, and overall, is that attitudes on political Islam are divided. So here we have, uh, again, there's a number of different questions. So I took the question, uh, do you agree that it would be better for our country uh, if more people with strong religious beliefs hold uh, public office? And there are a fair number of questions in the World Value Survey that ask about this, uh, the involvement of uh, religious leaders in elections and political affairs and so forth. And in general, the items are all pretty strongly intercorrelated. This seems to be maybe the best single predictor. In some cases, some other items might be equally good. Uh, and here there's, uh, there's much more of a division as opposed to everybody or almost everybody saying democracy. At least I agree that democracy is the best form of government. A lot of people think that, yes, it would be better for our country if more people with strong religious beliefs held public office. And a lot of people don't agree. So the numbers are much smaller. The number who agree strongly or at least agree is uh, uh, ranges from Egypt where it's actually pretty high, over 80%, if, if not agree strongly, at least agree. And in Algeria, uh, it's only 40%. But I guess with the exception of Egypt, there's, there's pretty much division. It also means, and I'll come to this a little bit later, it also means that a lot of the people who are saying they want democracy, they think democracy is the best form of government, since that is most people, a significant proportion of the people who say that are in fact saying they want political Islam as well. So something we'll come to a little later is a comparison of people who say, I want democracy and I don't think political Islam should be part of what I, what I have in mind. And those people say, I want democracy and political Islam is what I have in mind. And we'll take a look at, we'll, we'll compare them on a, on a number of indices. Uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll kind of give you my overall conclusions as I should. I think the first few graphs will, will kind of make some of this clear. Um, i get my stuff right here. This is, these, are the these are data from Algeria. 
and it looks at the relationship between support for democracy on the one hand and personal religiosity uh, on the other. The question that I use for measuring personal religiosity, and, and to some extent this is because there are some limits in the World Value Survey in terms of the questions that were, were useful, but in other data sets where I have more questions, the same pattern comes through, and it comes through in the other countries. This is just for Algeria, uh, and I'll show you the other countries uh, in, in a minute. Uh, this is mosque attendance, how often you go to the mosque. That isn't automatically a measure of personal religiosity. You might go to the mosque pretty often and not necessarily be especially devout, although you probably are, and you might not go very, very often for some reason and yet still be pretty religious. So I don't want to claim too much for this measure, even though, as they say, I think with better measures, the conclusion emerges about the same. But what we find is that those, the, the likelihood of saying, yes, I agree strongly that democracy is the best form of government, is about equal among people who go all the time to the mosque, rare, weekly, occasionally, and also rarely. There's a little bit of a relationship at the bottom end. Those who uh, go rarely are uh, slightly more likely to, uh, to not like democracy, and those who, uh, who go frequently are, are, are slightly more likely to, uh, to not be in the category of those who, who, who don't agree, who, who disagree. But in general, what comes through pretty clearly is the, uh, the differences across, the similarities across the four categories of mosque attendance or this measure of personal religiosity are, are, are pretty minor. So you won't get a lot of mileage in terms of being able to estimate what a person thinks about democracy simply by uh, knowing how religious they are, at least by this measure. Here are the same data for, uh, for, the, four, uh, for the four countries. And uh, again, you can see it's, uh, it's pretty clear in all the cases. There's a little bit of a, of a gap in, in the Jordanian case, but not very much. But in general, what comes across is the level of support for democracy is, a, is whatever, at whatever level it is. Uh, and here I've only used, uh, I've, I've used it to kind of point people who, stro who strongly agree. Uh, you can see that uh, the percentage of people who strongly agree democracy is the best form of government in all four countries, with really not much, only a slight exception in Jordan, uh, is about the same regardless of how often you go to the mosque. All of this is to suggest that personal religiosity doesn't have a lot of explanatory power. Um, here are attitudes toward uh, political Islam. These are the four countries again. This is uh, done pretty much the same way, but instead of personal religiosity, uh, instead of personal religiosity, it's uh, looking at political Islam. And it's that question we saw earlier, uh, do you think that uh, the country would be better off if more people with strong religious beliefs held uh, public office? I might say also that uh, basically the, the, the basic method here is to take all the questions that pertain to something like political Islam or democracy or personal religiosity uh, to do a factor analysis. And we could, if we want to, just have factor scores. And probably most of you know what those are. If not, the important point is it indicates whether all of the items measure the same thing or not, whether the concept is unidimensional. Uh, but basically, I'm just taking the best, the, the item that is the best predictor of that cluster of items as a whole, and that's where the selection of items comes from. Uh, and it shows that uh, 
among people who are uh, who believe that, who do strongly believe that democracy is the best form of government, this line over here or this line over here, and those who uh, do not agree that do not agree strongly that democracy is the best form of government, uh, that uh, they are about equally likely to view democracy as the best form of government. So to the extent, and this is kind of what I said at the very beginning, to the extent that someone says, yeah, I think democracy, I strongly agree democracy is the best form of government, that person is just as likely, no more or less, to think that uh, Islam, Islam it should be an important part of the political process, as expressed by the, idea, by the question, uh, the country would be better off if more people with strong religious beliefs held, uh, held public office. So uh, political Islam and personal Islam do not predict. I'm going to grab my cocoa. Uh, so here are some of the same things uh, in a couple of multivariate analysis. There's potentially some multicollinearity here and uh, among the dimensions of Islam, and we would also like to hold other things constant. So um, this is... This is the regression for Morocco uh, for what I've been showing you. I'll, I've got another one with different items and different data sets where the conclusion is virtually the same. I uh, don't know how much I want to go into the, the detail here. Uh, the mosque involvement is the, it's actually, it's actually a couple of different items, but it's, it's, a, it's a composite index, one item of which is the one I've been using up till now, so it's a measure of it stands for personal religiosity. Persons holding public office should be religious. That's a number of different items, one of which is the one I've been using up till now. Uh, religious leaders should not influence how people vote. Um, that behaves a little differently, and it didn't load with all of the other items, and I'm not sure I know what it means. We could speculate about it, but I put it up there because it's a separate measure of uh, something to do with political Islam that's different than the main measure. And there are two basic clusters of attitudes about democracy. Uh, one is uh, one is the item that I've been using up till now. Democracy is the best form of government despite its problems. Uh, probably should tell a little bit more about the context of the interview schedule where that's asked. Uh, there's a series of questions that ask about, uh, you know, do you agree or disagree? You know, from strongly agree to strongly disagree. Uh, that one of the problems with democracy is it's not very efficient and doesn't maximize economic growth. And another problem is, uh, you agree or disagree, that democracy promotes arguments among people and it tends to be divisive. So there are things like that. And then the last question is, despite whatever problems democracy might have, uh, many people argue that it is nonetheless the best form of government. Do you agree or disagree? So that's one of the items, that, and, and that's the one I've been using. And there's some other items. There's some items that ask about uh, different kinds of government. How important do you think it would, how useful do you think it would be for our country to have a strong leader? For our country to be governed by the military, for our country to be um, governed by technical experts, and uh, for our country to have a, a, a democratic system. So, the, so this first favorable attitude of democracy uses a series of these questions. The other scale, which on the on the right column that we probably don't need to talk about very much, uh, is this question: is, is some of the problems with democracy? To what extent, even if you like democracy, even if you think it's the best form of government? Do you nonetheless tend to agree? Yeah, it does promote divisiveness. Yes, it does maximize economic growth and a series of other problems. So these are some different measures. The, the most important findings, I think, here are that neither mosque involvement, i.e. personal religiosity, nor persons holding public, public office should be religious, i.e. political Islam, 
have any explanatory power or have significant explanatory power for, uh, for favorable attitudes for democracy. In other words, exactly what I've been showing you in the five-period analysis with each one of these looked at with the other held constant and with uh, a bunch of demographics held constant. <coughs> Education is the only variable that seems to, to have predictive power. And to the extent that people are better educated, uh, they're more likely to be uh, to favor democracy. And uh, these are the data from Morocco, but it's the same for, for the others. Here's another data set that shows the same thing, where, uh, uh, well, it, in some respects, uh, the samples aren't quite as good. Uh, and uh, it depends, actually. In the Algerian case, they're not quite as good. In, the Moroccan case, which is one I'm going to show you. But there are different items, and the important thing is mostly the same conclusion comes through. There's also something else that's interesting in here. Uh, you can read up the top the items that were used. This was a survey that was done uh, in collaboration. It was done in, Tunis in Algeria and Morocco, uh, jointly with a team of Algerian, Moroccan, and Tunisian, even though it didn't get done in Tunisia, sociologists, and, and, and then a small group uh, from the U.S., and we did a comparative survey. This is the Morocco. The Algerian case is exactly identical. And since there's something kind of unexpected here, the fact that we found it in Algeria as well, even though I'm only showing you Morocco, is itself kind of interesting. Uh, a dependent variable is uh, support for democracy or favorable attitude for democracy based on the two items at, at the top. Uh, the piety measure is here now, how often you pray question that turned out to be very useful that we have asked in the surveys we're doing now but wasn't in the world value survey to the extent you have a personal problem uh, who would you be likely to consult for guidance uh, name any that apply and then there's a list uh, family member uh, someone at my job or the head of my labor union uh, religious leader and a bunch of other choices uh, and um, and then how often you uh, you read religious works on on religion so that's the measure of personal piety and then two questions about uh, Islam in public affairs. I don't know if it's quite fair to call it political Islam, but how important is it that administrative and political affairs should be guided by religion, and the same thing for economic and cultural affairs. When we take the entire sample, uh, personal religiosity has no explanatory power, even though the items both measuring the independent and the dependent variable are different, get the same finding. Uh, political Islam does have explanatory power in contrast to what we found earlier. So we went on, uh, and instead of uh, doing, and, and, and instead of taking the scale of, for the support for political Islam based on both of these items, we looked at them separately. And it turns out that one of the two items is the one that has the explanatory power, that has a significant relationship to the dependent variable. Uh, and it's the one about economics and commerce, not the one about politics and administration. I'm not sure I know exactly what this means. There's room for some speculation on this. Uh, then disaggregated the data by gender and looked at it for men and women. And it turns out that this comes from the fact that this item in the two-item scale among this category of the population, women, is where there's a significant relationship. I don't know if that constitutes an, ex uh, an exception to the general pattern that I've been arguing based on the World Value Survey, that support for political Islam does not enable you to predict one way or the other what a person might think about democracy. By the way, education comes through strongly as it did in the World Value Survey as well. So here are, uh, uh, this is actually done with a different Algerian data set, a different uh, Moroccan data set, of which these are, this is, this is they. 
Palestinian data set and two different Egyptian data sets, neither one of which is World Value Survey. The same pattern comes through all the time. It's only in the Algerian and the Moroccan that we had these particular items, but this unusual pattern, economic dimension only, not the political, and among women only, not among men, that came through for Algeria as well. So uh, that might be something to speculate about, but what we get out of this is that uh, neither political Islam in general or piety, uh, as we found in the bivariate relationships and as we found in the World Value Survey data, seem to have explanatory power. Um, okay. This is... Uh, uh, we go for, what, another 15 minutes, or is that about right? You'll kind of let me know when I have five minutes left to, to kind of wrap up. Um, now I'm looking at the relationship between support for democracy and political Islam, something that I, I highlighted earlier that, I, that, I, that I've now brought together. In the Egyptian case, where there was broad support for democracy and also broad support for, for political Islam, when we take the two in combination, won't be surprised to find out that most people say, yes, I think democracy is the, is the best political system, and also I think the country would be better off if more people of, of, with strong religious beliefs held political office. In Algeria, uh, and here are the people who, well, they're, they're, so there are four possible combinations, actually. That's the first combination. People who say, uh, who express support for democracy but not political Islam is another combination. People who express support for political Islam but not democracy is a third. And people who don't su express support for either is a fourth. All four are logically possible, but only two have uh, any kind of significant empirical reference. Most, almost everybody, uh, here are the other two categories, political Islam only, neither political Islam only. Uh, in fact, is this political Islam only? This is neither. There aren't any people who say neither. Uh, so almost everybody is either both or democracy alone without political Islam. And there are small numbers in the other categories, but, but not very much. Uh, what's interesting uh, is that uh, the relative proportions of these two, comb the two combinations that have significant empirical reference uh, are different from country to country. In Egypt, most people want both. We'd like to replicate this. This is one data set. Uh, we don't know if it's a different item. We get something a little bit different. But it comes through pretty clearly with this data set, uh, with, with the same items, uh, that Egypt seems to be different. Uh, in the Algerian case, it's the opposite. Uh, there are a reasonable number, slightly more than 30%, that say the best system would be one based on both democracy and political Islam, but a much larger number, over 50%, about 55%, say that uh, democracy without any of this political Islam stuff would be best. And in the case of Morocco and Jordan, a uh, slight preference for both, or maybe a little bit more than a slight preference for both, but um, a significant proportion that want democracy alone as well. So more division here. Um, we can't really say with great certainty what the reason for that might be. It's important to think about it. Uh, I would say just off the top of my head that uh, both Algeria and Egypt have been in much more confrontation with Islamists. Uh, with different kinds of experiences and results. And Morocco and Jordan have in common the fact that there are Islamist parties that participate in the political system and that are represented in the parliament 
but also monarchy. So we kind of want to think about what the difference is. But the point is that uh, these two these two dimensions, the political Islam dimension and the democracy dimension, uh, turn out to be the most important. You're either one or both. And they come together in different proportions uh, in different countries. Now, uh, what about... Uh, Personal piety, does that predict which of these categories you're in? Uh, and the answer is uh, no, it doesn't. Although I've done all four categories uh, favorable toward democracy and political Islam, favorable toward democracy but not political Islam, favorable toward political Islam but not democracy, and favorable toward neither, uh, so you have the four categories or the four combinations, only two of them are really important because there aren't very many people in the other. The numbers on which these other two columns are based are, are, are pretty small. They're not infinitesimal, and uh, under other circumstances, we might want to open them up and take a, a closer look. Uh, and to the extent we've done that a little bit here, nothing very dramatic emerges, a little bit in the Algerian case. But basically what comes through in terms of uh, the level of religiosity, as measured this way, by people who uh, want democracy with political Islam, and those who want democracy without political Islam is about the same. So not only does piety not predict to your attitudes toward democracy, it doesn't predict to the relationship to the to the relationship between democracy and political Islam, support for democracy and support for political Islam. Uh, okay, here is now an attempt to introduce. Uh, the value dimension. There are a number of questions uh, in the World Value Survey and some of the other surveys that ask about uh, uh, tolerance, pluralism, political competition, and, and, and some other things too that are not going to show you political trust, political efficacy, uh, some of the standard dimensions of political culture. And here I'm simply saying, I'm looking at, uh, at uh, political liberty, and there's one question that asks about uh, the relative importance of a series of different kinds of values that the government should try, that the society and the government should try to maximize and protect. And some have to do with political liberty, human rights, assuring human rights. Others have to do with maximizing economic development or uh, preserving cultural traditions. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that's the best, uh, I think we could use some better measures, but those are, and actually we do, and we also have some measures, I forgot to mention, so we also have some measures of social tolerance in terms of some of the values that should be taught to children, how important is obedience, how important is tolerance of others, and there's a series of things like this. Uh, so there are a number of different things, and the dimension of political liberty and social tolerance turn out to be statistically independent, uh, and I'm only presenting the political liberty part here, but the findings are the same. And what emerges if we simply compare the degree to which political liberty is valued relative to other things that are also presumably important, uh, that degree is about the same in, in every case. There's a slight difference here, but it's not very big, between those who favor democracy uh, alone, that's the second column here, and those who support democracy and political Islam. So, uh, and, uh, and also you can see that support for liberty as, as, as measured this way uh, is uh, in the 40 to 60% range. So, as I've been saying, I, I wouldn't want to defend this particular measure too much, but it suggests that uh, uh, there's a fair number of people who do seem to possess 
the kinds of values that are associated with democracy, that have at least some elements of a democratic political culture, uh, but there are also a fair number who don't, uh, and that in and, itself, in and of itself is an interesting finding, but to the extent that some do and some don't, those who do and those who don't aren't more likely to favor one, pro one particular kind of political system, so far as democracy and Islam are concerned, uh, as those who, uh, who don't possess this orientation. As I said, if we were to put the data up there for a measure of social tolerance, uh, it would look about the same. That leads me to uh, make a distinction, and, and I don't know if this is the best terminology for uh, describing it, between those who support democracy, maybe with political Islam, uh, but, but with or without it turns out to be the same, and those who do possess these values, and those who support democracy but don't possess these values. An indication of something I mentioned earlier on by what, do, what, 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 what should we really infer that people think if they say they have a positive attitude toward democracy. And the terms I've used, at least temporarily, and maybe someone will want to suggest a, 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 some different terms, uh, are instrumental Democrats and true Democrats, people who uh, support democracy but don't seem to have democratic values, at least to the extent that so far we've been able to measure them. Uh, I'm calling them instrumental Democrats, people who want democracy, think it will bring them something good, but don't really have the values and the commitments that we associate with democracy. And those who uh, do possess those values, uh, we might call genuine Democrats or true Democrats or complete Democrats, people who value democracy and possess the attitudes we would expect them to have to be held by someone who uh, uh, supports democracy. Uh, I looked at that with some World Value Survey data from Turkey, a country I haven't talked about very much, but I've got a, a wonderful student from Turkey, and we've been doing this together, and we have a publication coming out. And uh, we compared four categories, but there are only two that, that I want to present you to. People who, are, uh, who support democracy and have the values, people who support democracy and don't have the values, the two that I've been talking about. We also looked at those who have the values and don't support democracy, and those who uh, neither have the values nor support democracy. And there's something interesting to be said about all four of those categories. But here's uh, a regression. This is World Value Survey data for uh, just uh, the two categories. It's, it, it's two uh, logistical regressions. And it's, uh, uh, the first is the, va the variables that are associated with being in the instrumental democratic category, those who do not place particularly high value, at least in relative terms, on uh, political liberty, and actually there are a number of different items that measure that, uh, but do value democracy, and that's up here. And then down here, the people who uh, not both support democracy and express uh, high attach high priority to these values associated with liberty and human rights and, and personal freedom. And I put in bold uh, not all of the significant relationships, but the ones that I think are most indicative of, of the difference. Uh, and at the top, those who are instrumental Democrats uh, are uh, better educated, they're older, uh, they have confidence in institutions of order. That's a, that's a series of questions about how much confidence you have in uh, the parliament, the police, the army, institutions of order, and, um, uh, and, and, and favorable evaluation of the government performance. There are people who are basically happy with the status quo, they're more established, they are educated, they're older, they're more established, and they have positive attitudes toward the, the, the prevailing institutions uh, in Turkey. The people, and, and those are the instrumental Democrats, they want democracy, 
Uh, and to the extent that Turkey has democracy, they seem to be happy with what they have. The people who are, but, but they don't possess, at least in relative, it's great. At least in relative terms, they don't possess the, uh, uh, they don't, they don't express support, relatively high support for political liberty. The true Democrats uh, are more likely to, to not be traditional, so they reject the whole series of traditional values. I have to look up and tell you what some of the items are. Uh, they're high in social tolerance. They have an unfavorable evaluation of the government, the negative coefficient, and they are politically attentive. They're politically active and involved and better informed. So they're, uh, this is a bit of a, of a normative way to characterize them, but they're a little bit more uh, opposition-oriented, uh, a little bit more progressive, a little bit more uh, activist. And so they seem to come out of different sectors of the population. Uh, I think there's more work to be done on this, but the point is that to the extent that we begin to factor the values into the equation along with uh, political uh, with, with political models, democracy with Islam, democracy without Islam, we get a, a, a lot of interesting combinations, and we kind of want to figure out what leads a person to be in one category as, as opposed to another. And incidentally, uh, uh, down here, it's, it's not personal religiosity, but it is, uh, but, but among the people who are uh, uh, instrumental Democrats, there is uh, personal religiosity. Okay, I've only got probably three or four minutes left, so let me give you one last table. There's something else that, that we're playing around with. Instead of beginning, there are a lot of little pieces here, and at some point when all the data are in, I've got to try to integrate them in a little bit more coherent way. Uh, but something we're looking at that's turning out to be instructive as well is political generations, the impact of events on shaping these kinds of attitudes. This is a survey, this is not the World Value Survey, it's another survey in Algeria. And we asked the question, can we say something about the political attitudes that people will have toward the kinds of things we've just been, that I've been talking about up to now, based on what was going on in the country at the time that they entered, entered adult life and according to socialization theory, acquired their basic values about politics. And we looked at five different generations in Algeria, those who grew up when the French were still there. You know, I think about Algeria, it was an extremely intense colonial experience. Those who uh, grew up, basically, we tried a bunch of different ages. We read the literature to see what ages were critical. We ended up opting for 18 to 25. Uh, those who, were, who went through the years 18 to 25 during the War of Independence. Those who were under the socialist regime of Boumediene the capitalist regime of Ben Jadid, and the more recent period of, of the democratic, failed democratic experience in civil war. If you don't know about Algeria, I can maybe answer some questions about it. And what we found uh, was that uh, a rejection of both political Islam and democracy, that one of those sort of marginal categories, but one we said it might be fun to look at, turns out to be, a, to be particularly common. It's not particularly common on anybody, but to the extent that it's at least a little bit more common among some, it's among people who grew up during the Boumediene generation. Uh, this makes a lot of sense in Algeria. Uh, it's a very strong socialist regime. It was a good period, a strong leader, uh, nationalism, and, um, and, and I think Algerians look back on that uh, in, in a very favorable way. Uh, again, there's more to be said, but it's an attempt to bring another variable into the equation uh, and to not simply, and to begin to look at contextual factors as well as personal experiences and characteristics to try to understand how and why uh, people end up in certain categories when we ask about their political preferences and their values. 
Uh, I think I'll kind of leave it there. I've got some data here on uh, where political Islam is the dependent variable as opposed to an independent variable. I've got some data here on attitudes toward the Arab-Israeli conflict and the relative importance uh, of economic and political factors versus uh, the relative importance of religious and cultural factors. And I can tell you the religious and cultural factors have very little explanatory power, just as tends to be the case here in the democracy stuff. Uh, and, the, and the political and, culture and economic factors do make do shape important uh, people's attitudes toward the conflict. But I think uh, probably this is more than enough for you to ask some questions, so I will uh, stop here and invite your comments or your questions. <laughs>